Hello and welcome to the Night Sky for October. I'm Katrina Seely and I am currently the Acting Assistant Curator at Sydney Observatory. I would like you to gather a few items together to make the most of this podcast. Firstly, you will need a star map. You can download one from Sydney Observatory's website at www.sydneyobservatory.com. Navigate your way through to the Night Sky podcast and download the star map for the month of October. The star map will show you what stars and constellations are visible in the night sky for October 2012. I will be referring to that star map during this discussion. As well as the star map, a torch covered with red cellophane will be very useful. The red cellophane will allow your eyes to remain dark adapted during the evening and you will be able to read your map. A pair of binoculars can be very handy and I will give you a couple of objects later on that you will need the binoculars for. If you don't have binoculars or a telescope, don't worry, but if you do, they are quite useful for seeing some lovely objects. You will also need to know the cardinal directions, north, south, east and west. You can find these directions from a compass or the compass feature on your mobile phone, or just remember, of course, that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. And if the sun is setting over your right shoulder, then you must be facing south. Another useful direction is zenith. This is the point directly overhead. To work our way about the night sky will help if you know a couple of measurements. If you hold out your hand at arm's length and stretch out your little finger and thumb, they span a distance across the sky of about 15 degrees. This is a useful way of measuring your way across the sky. So a hand span at arm's length is 15 degrees. A fist held out at arm's length makes an angle across the sky of about 10 degrees. One thing you should be aware of for October in 2012 is that daylight savings begins at 2am on Sunday the 7th of October. Don't forget to put your clocks forward by an hour on that night. I will start with discussing the interesting visible stars and constellations in the night sky and at the end of the podcast I will add the visible planets and interesting events for October. We will begin our tour of the night sky by looking towards the south. If you're facing south and you look slightly to the right of south, almost to the southwest, you should be able to see two bright stars, one above the other. If you're in a bright, light-polluted location like the city, they should be very obvious. If you're in the countryside, they will be very easily visible, but there will be a lot of other fainter stars around, which may confuse things. Nevertheless, these two bright stars, one above the other, are known as the pointers. The two famous pointer stars which help us find the Southern Cross, or its formal name Crux, which is Latin for cross. The Southern Cross constellation is famous in the Southern Hemisphere, and definitely our favourite constellation in Australia. The Southern Cross is on our national flag. On your star map, the two stars are clearly labelled as the pointers. Do not be confused, the pointers are not part of the Southern Cross constellation, but belong to a large constellation Centaurus, which is a half man, half horse, and wraps its way around three sides of the Southern Cross. One of the pointers is called Alpha Centauri, the brighter of the two and the one furthest away from the Southern Cross. The other one is called Beta Centauri. Alpha Centauri is the third brightest star in the night sky, and Beta Centauri is the tenth brightest star. These two bright stars ensure that you always find the right group of stars that make the Southern Cross, as it's very easy to make cross shapes from the stars in the night sky. Alpha Centauri is a very interesting star. If you use your binoculars, you will be able to resolve Alpha Centauri into an elongated shape or even two separate stars. 
The two stars of Alpha Centauri are very similar in size and colour to our Sun and are orbiting each other. There is in fact a third star, Proxima Centauri, which is the closest to the Earth after our Sun. Proxima Centauri is a red dwarf and is not visible. It is believed to be orbiting the two stars. Proxima Centauri is about 4.2 light years away, or approximately 42 million million kilometres. If we take an aside for a moment, we can discuss the speed of light and a light year. Light travels incredibly fast. Light travels 300,000 kilometres in one second. This means light can travel approximately seven and a half times around the Earth in one second. The distances in our Milky Way galaxy and our universe are beyond imagination. The light from the sun takes about eight and a half minutes to reach us. The light from the moon, one and a quarter seconds. And as I said, the light from Proxima Centauri, 4.2 years. So we say Proxima Centauri is about 4.2 light years away. This means we would view the star as it was 4.2 years ago. A light year is a distance and one light year is about 10 million million kilometres. Now back to the night sky. If you draw an imaginary line downwards from Alpha Centauri through Beta Centauri and extend that line downwards to the horizon, it should point you straight towards the Southern Cross. It's tipped over on its right-hand side, but otherwise it looks just like it does on the Australian flag. The Southern Cross is very useful as it can help us find the direction of true south. If you measure out the long arm of the cross by holding two fingers up, from the right-hand star to the left-hand star and extend the arm of the Southern Cross towards the left by about four times, the point you end up with is called the South Celestial Pole, the point in the sky about which all the stars are rotating. But there are no bright stars in this area. It's an imaginary point in the sky. Now, if you drop a vertical line from the South Celestial Pole straight down to the horizon, you'll find South on the ground. Here is something interesting you can do if you have a camera that allows you to leave the shutter open. If you take a photograph of the sky to the south, including the south celestial pole, and leave the camera shutter open for 10 or more minutes, you will find beautiful circular star trails in your photograph. Now that we can find the south celestial pole using the southern cross, take your hand span, which is approximately 15 degrees, another two times, so about 30 degrees in the same direction beyond the south celestial pole, and you should come across a fairly bright star in the southeast of the sky. This bright star is called Achenar. Achenar is a hot blue-white star about 144 light years away from us. It represents the end of the river Eridanus in the sky. Eridanus is the sixth largest of the 88 constellations in the night sky. If you're in a dark location, well away from city lights, you might have noticed as you were measuring your hand spans across the sky to Achenar, two faint fuzzy cloud-like objects. They're located between the South Celestial Pole and the star Achenar. These two hazy clouds are called the Magellanic Clouds. They were first seen by Europeans hundreds of years ago and are named after the explorer Magellan. One is slightly larger than the other. The large Magellanic Cloud, which is about 160,000 light years away, is about halfway down the horizon from Achenar, and the small Magellanic Cloud, which is about 200,000 light years away, is just above that. These are two small galaxies that are orbiting our Milky Way galaxy, and they're gradually being torn apart as they are absorbed by the Milky Way galaxy. Let's turn to the west. In the western sky, if you're looking due west, 
hold out your arm and measure two handspans, 30 degrees above the western horizon. You should reach a bright orange-coloured star. Some people have trouble seeing colours in the stars at night, so if you don't see any colour, don't worry. Some of you may be able to see it as a deep red colour. Some of you may see the star as an orange colour. It's likely to be twinkling as well due to our atmosphere. This star is called Antares, which means the rival of Mars because of its red colour. It's an enormous red supergiant star about 400 times the diameter of our sun. If you placed it where our sun is, it would stretch out through the solar system and engulf the Earth. It's a star coming to the end of its life. Antares is about 604 light years away from the Earth, so when it does eventually die, it will have no effect on the Earth, although it will be a spectacular sight. Unfortunately, that's going to happen long after any of our lifetimes. Now, Antares is the heart of Scorpius, the scorpion in the sky, one of the few constellations that really looks like its name. If you have your star map with you, hold your star map towards the west and identify Antares on your star map. Just below Antares, you will see the head and shoulders of the scorpion. Now come back through Antares and stretching up into the sky above Antares, almost overhead, is a back to front question mark. That's the tail of the scorpion. At the very end of his tail, you can see his sting quite clearly as a triangle on the end of the tail. Scorpius really does look like a scorpion. Let's move on. To the right and above Scorpio's sting is the constellation of Sagittarius, which is supposed to represent an archer, but I've never been able to see an archer when I look at this set of stars. All I can see is a good old-fashioned teapot. If you're using your star map that you've downloaded from Sydney Observatory website, you'll see it identified on that map. Look closely and you should be able to identify an upside-down teapot tipping tea over Scorpio's tail. Just off the tip of the teapot is an interesting point in the sky. If you're in the countryside, you will have noticed the Milky Way stretching far overhead, the band of faint light stretching from the southern cross over on your left, past the two pointers, stretching over through Scorpio's tail and off to the northern horizon on your right-hand side. The centre of our Milky Way galaxy lies just below the tip of the teapot, not far also from Scorpio's sting. It's a good thing we're a long way from the centre of the Milky Way galaxy. At the centre of our galaxy lies a very large black hole, about several million times the mass of our Sun. We're quite safe from it here out on the edge of our galaxy where we lie. Let's turn to the right again and look to the north. There are a few bright stars in the north and some fairly faint constellations. Let's start by looking directly north, just 10 degrees or one fist width at arm's length above the northern horizon you should see a star, probably twinkling wildly because it's so close to the horizon. This is the star Deneb in the constellation of Cygnus the Swan. Cygnus the Swan is also sometimes called the Northern Cross. We'll come back to the constellation Cygnus in a moment. Just less than two hand spans, or just less than 30 degrees to the left of Deneb, is another reasonably bright star, again about a fist width or 10 degrees above the horizon. This second star is Vega, the fifth brightest star in the night sky and is in the constellation Lyra the Harp. Now these two stars form the base of a triangle. Above them, about three hand spans or 45 degrees off the horizon, you'll find the star Altair which is in the constellation Aquila the Eagle. Switch to some 
of you may look slightly yellowish. Altair is 17 light years away and is about 10 times brighter than our sun and spins on its axis very quickly, about once every 10 hours. These three stars don't look particularly special to us in the Southern Hemisphere. In the Northern Hemisphere, however, they're known as the Summer Triangle. They're very high overhead and very distinct in the Northern Hemisphere. So if you ever travel to the Northern Hemisphere in summer, have a look for the Summer Triangle made of the stars Deneb, Vega and Altair. Let's go back to Deneb for a moment. Deneb is a blue-white supergiant star over 100 times the diameter of our Sun. So although it's not as big as Antares, the supergiant in Scorpio, it turns out that it's an extremely bright star. Deneb is 3,200 light-years away from us. At that extreme distance, it still looks in our night sky to be a bright star. If we were to place it where the sun was, we would be blinded by its light and frazzled by the ultraviolet light that it puts out. As we said earlier, Deneb is in the constellation Cygnus the Swan. If you have your star map with you, turn the star map around so that the north is at the bottom, and then you'll be able to align your star map with the stars you see in front of you, which are also to the north. Match up the stars near, near Deneb to identify the swan. Its wings stretch down to the left and up to the right, and its long neck stretches out and up to the left. Altair, just above Cygnus, is in the constellation of Aquila the eagle. The eagle also has its wings stretching out to the right and left, and its head pointing up and to the left. If you're at a dark site, well away from city lights, you'll be able to see the Milky Way in this region and you'll be able to see these two birds flying among the Milky Way, heading south. Now that we've looked at the constellations and stars to the south, to the west and to the north, we could turn to the east, but in October there aren't many bright stars nor any truly distinctive constellations in that direction. So let's leave east until next month. What are the special events and highlights in October 2012? Let's start with the moon phases. Last quarter moon is on Monday 8th of October at 6.33pm. The new moon will be on Monday the 15th of October at 11.02pm. First quarter moon is on Monday the 22nd of October at 2.32pm. We reach full moon on Tuesday the 30th of October at 6.49am. What planets are visible in October 2012? Just after twilight, if you turn and face the direction of the setting sun, west... Early in the month of October, you should see very low in the sky two planets. The planet Mercury will be on the left and the planet Saturn on the right. Saturn will disappear into twilight by the second week of October. Mercury will move from Virgo into Libra during the second week of the month and on the 17th of October, a thin crescent moon will be above and to the right of Mercury, making a lovely view. By the end of the month, Mercury will have moved into the constellation Scorpius. Also this month, Mars, the red planet, is in the west above Mercury and Saturn. Mars will move from the constellation Libra into Scorpius after the first week. For about 10 days from October 15th, Mars will appear within 5 degrees or half a fist width from Antares, which as you remember is the heart of Scorpius. And in Greek, the name means arrival to Mars because of its distinctive orange-red colour. The two will appear as bright as each other, but remember that Mars will be to the north or to the right of Antares. Jupiter is now rising before midnight and can be found in the constellation of Taurus. 
on the 6th of october the moon is just to the left of jupiter making another lovely sight if you're an early riser you'll be able to see venus low in the east in leo for most of the month on the 13th of october a thin crescent moon is above and to the right of the planet finally we have a meteor shower in october the Orionids are best seen from late evening until dawn and are visible from the 1st of October until early November. The maximum activity is expected on the 21st of October with hopefully around 15 to 30 meteors per hour. It is possible to have a few good viewing nights either side of the 21st. If you get a chance, take your wine, binoculars, picnic rug and go meteor spotting. Good luck. Don't forget, if you'd like more information about what's visible in the night sky, you can purchase a copy of the Australasian Sky Guide by Dr Nick Lom from Sydney Observatory or from the Powerhouse Museum, or you can buy it online from www.sydneyobservatory.com.au. Click the Bookshop tab at the bottom of the page. The price is $16.95, a bit more if you're buying it online to cover postage and handling. You can subscribe to these podcasts through iTunes, just search for Sydney Observatory Monthly Sky Guides. If you search just Sydney Observatory, you'll find not only our free monthly sky guides, but also our self-guided walking tour app that for $1.99 will guide you around Sydney Observatory grounds, Observatory Hill overlooking our beautiful Sydney Harbour, onto the bridge and through the historic rocks area. Sydney Observatory is open for book night visits, which includes a visit to our telescope domes and a telescope view of the night sky on clear nights, on cloudy nights, we offer a mini planetarium session instead. Sydney Observatory is also open most days from 10am till 5pm. You can visit in the daytime without booking. It's free to have a look around the exhibits and grounds, but there are charges for staff-led daytime programs. Information on all this and more is available at www.sydneyobservatory.com.au. Click the Astronomy tab at the top right and choose Monthly Sky Guides from the left sidebar for the Sky Guides. This has been Katrina Seely from Sydney Observatory with the podcast for October 2012.